It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We're knocking on 2 o'clock's door. It's 1.50 right now. It's the KSL News Time. Uh, the reason I bring that up, the time, is because we are expecting two things coming up on the horizon. Just after the 2 o'clock hour, we're expected to hear uh, both from President-elect Joe Biden and uh, members of the White House Coronavirus Task Force. They have uh, those two events scheduled to coincide with one another. Uh, we we are going to hear from the task force, and we will monitor uh, the words of President-elect Joe Biden. The occasion of his remarks comes after he uh, hosted a meeting with various governors around the state talking about what may be you know, the approach to combating this coronavirus uh, come next year. Uh, so we'll see what the, the the former vice president, the president-elect has to say, and we will see what the coronavirus task force has to say. That meeting expected to include uh, Vice President Mike Pence. Beyond that, not sure, and I hate to admit that, but we it really hasn't been revealed uh, who else will be participating. But all of that coming up in the 2 o'clock hour. We'll keep you up to date on that. Uh, joining me right now, a friend of mine, former boss, Rob Bishop, congressman, outgoing, uh, has represented Utah's first congressional district and is right now engaged in one of his final acts as a member of Congress. Congressman Bishop, sir, how are you? I am fine today. How are you doing, Lee? I'm all right. It's good to it's good to talk to you. Let me ask you before we get into the the meat of the conversation. Uh, how you faring? You getting to do much jogging these days? Uh, no, it's really cold back here, unfortunately, and uh, it's not it's not the, the weather is not inclement, but it is extremely cold. And it will warm up just as I'm coming back to Utah to colder weather again. All right. Well, they've got treadmills indoors. I think you can control the climate there. Maybe give that a shot. I'll have to. Yeah. Uh, listen, I uh, I have before me uh, a statement that uh, Kevin McCarthy shared, uh, Republican leader in the House. He says, as a statesman and an unwavering patriot, Rob, referring to you, Rob Bishop, has faithfully served his constituents for nearly two decades in Congress. He has been an incredible asset to our conference and the American people. Uh, he went on to praise you at greater length, and that coming on the occasion of his selection of you as uh, an individual to negotiate and reconcile the differences between the House and Senate version of this NDAA, the National Defense uh, Authorization Act, pretty much uh, uh, Pentagon funding. W- what does that mean, and what's it mean for Utah? Well, I'm, I'm happy to do it. It's the last thing we have to do in the lame duck session. There's continuing resolution and this bill that needs to be done, and then I think Congress uh, can can go away. But uh, having me one last time being a conferee on this, it's really cool. And there are a lot of things we had in the House version that I think are helpful for Hill Air Force Base and helpful for the civilian workforce, and also on some of the you know, huge and unique projects that will be coming to Utah and out of Utah, especially with the uh, ground-based deterrence program. All of those I want to make sure are in the final version. So that's uh, that's why I'm happy to, to do this one last big effort. 
Uh, you, you glossed over it there, but GBSD is a, is a huge deal. It is one leg of the nuclear triad to replace uh, the, the Minuteman rockets. It has been officially uh, awarded to Northrop Grumman. They have the headquarters for the GBSD program right here in Utah. It means thousands of jobs in the Ogden area and beyond. Uh, I think if I remember correctly, it's such a big deal. There's going to be an extra freeway off-ramp maybe uh, in that area to handle all the added people. That's a huge deal. It, it is big, and, and once again, I'm happy about it being important in Utah, but not only that, this is important and vital for our entire nation. This is our nuclear defense triad, and there are voices that are out there, a lot of people who sillily want to try and limit what we do as far as the, the land base, which will be done, obviously, in Hill Air Force Base to replace uh, and revitalize the Minutemen program, which also is, is repaired there at Hill Air Force Base. So Hill is significant in this issue, but this is about the defense of this country, and there, there are people that have been trying to, to lower it, this, that we will have full funding for the program in this Appropriations Act and this Authorization Act, and we will authorize full funding in this act. And I, that is big. It's big just for the entire country. But obviously, the real role that Utah will play in this program is significant. And that's why I hope no one ever screws around with it in in the coming years. Yeah. Uh, Various news reports, I look to like Defense News and others, they look at what is contained in the two uh, differing versions, the House version and the the Senate version of this defense authorization bill. And the two things that are speculated to be sticking points are the renaming of certain U.S. uh, uh, military bases uh, who currently bear the names of uh, Confederate officers, I think of Fort Bragg and others, uh, and then also regarding the drawdown of forces in both Afghanistan and Iraq. Do you see Do you see those two issues actually becoming sticking points that uh, lead negotiators like yourself to an impasse? No, I don't see either of those being one of the finalized versions. They may be discussions in the next year coming forward. But once again, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm glad people look at those kind of issues that, to me, is kind of a peripheral issue that people have opinions about and they can talk about. To me, the important part are the details that are in this act. There is a significant uh, issue that will be in here that will make it easier for people to hire quality people at Hill Air Force Base and in Newtown. Right now, we, are, we have a, a, a stupid policy that actually harms people who retire from the military who could be useful and needed as part of the civilian workforce. We make them sit around for six months before they can be hired. That is dumb, and it harms us, and it hurts people. Those are the kinds of things, to me, that are important, that I want to make sure are secure and come in here, because that really means that helps individuals, and that helps the program, and it's not going to get a whole lot of publicity, but it is extremely significant. Those are the kind of things I have enjoyed working on in this past year in this NDAA, and I, I'm, I'm glad that they allowed me to be on the conference so I can keep pushing for it and make sure it comes to completion. I talk uh, often about the value of institutional knowledge uh, and just understanding the context of the work that you're doing. And what you're describing is essentially uh, a cooling off period that, uh, say, retiring officers have to endure before they are able to be uh, hired as uh, you know, certain types of consultants or do other kind of work. That, that's, been, that's been done away with, at least in the version that you're pushing? Yeah, in the House version and the Senate version we've had, I think we've got an agreement on it. But the issue is, as you mentioned, it was designed to stop generals from doing sweetheart deals. It has never impacted generals. 
they, they're not those. But what it has impacted are majors and lieutenants and G10s and G9s and people who actually work at the lower level who can't afford to wait six months without having a paycheck coming in here. And therefore, they go into other jobs in the private sector when they would be ideal and they want to work in the military. And let's face it, the military doesn't pay as much as the private sector does. So a lot of the people that want to go in the military and help help with this stuff that we do at, at the depot work to make sure the warfighter has the equipment that they need, they do it out of patriotism. And to lose that kind of commitment to that job where they would be so great at Hill Air Force Base simply because we have this bureaucratic 180-day waiting period that was designed for something that never happened, that to me is significant. We have had generals, not only at Hill, but other places who have said, this ties our hands in actually getting a good workforce. This is the kind of stuff I want to make sure uh, make sure is in the final version. Outstanding. And I get it. The, the, the details can seem tedious and, you know, not to be offensive, but boring, right? If we're talking about, uh, you know, confederately named bases and uh, troop drawdown across the ocean, that, that's, that's exciting stuff. But uh, it is an important reminder that the that the real progress made is in those details. The the real lives impacted uh, are in the negotiations, looking at the, the details you've described here. Uh, listen, I wish we could talk for longer. Uh, I am very to you. Say that again. That's because I'm a boring person. It's right up my alley. <laughs> well, <that's, laughs> well, we'll leave it at that. Congressman Rob Bishop, uh, thank you for your time here explaining this to us, and good luck as a negotiator here on this conference committee. Take care. Good night. It's a good talk to you again. All righty. Uh, we're going to take a break here in a moment. When we return, uh, honestly, there are some things in flux right now. So we are uh, going to take a break. We're going to continue to monitor the announced press briefing by the coronavirus task force from the White House. We may soon be hearing from Vice President Mike Pence, who heads that task force and others. Uh, otherwise, we're going to look at a fascinating case here in the state of Utah regarding the Lacey Act. And if you know what the Lacey Act is, send me a text, 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Send me a note if you know what the Lacey Act is. I'll share with you those details next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.